You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. The shootings in Portland have gotten so bad that the police are basically they're doing an outreach to the community saying, hey, help us. Help us with all this gun violence. And it, it crazy situation. I, I follow a lot of news and I see story after story after story. It's even worse than Seattle. Can that be? Can that be? We have just these random shootings and stabbings and people just kind of doing a bunch of crime. Way worse in Portland. Way worse in Portland. I look at the numbers there and I'm like, wow, that's brutal. Let's jump on into it. If you are new here, my name is Sean Reynolds. I'm the owner of Summit Properties Northwest, Reynolds and Klein Appraisal. Yes, two real estate companies. That's what we're doing in 2020. Real estate guy is bringing you the news. All right, enough of that. Let's jump on in. Portland police asking for community action to help end spike in gun violence. These stories are just, they're continually rolling out. And you're like, am I just, am I just tuned in to a news story that, that I happen to be the only one looking at this going, wow, that seems like a lot of shootings are going on. No, I'm not. So police, uh, when the police in Portland are like, yep, we need your help. Gun violence is spiking in Portland and the Portland Police Bureau is asking for community action to assist in ending it. Well, I don't think you're ever going to end it. You're never going to end it, but you can certainly get it toned down a little bit, I think. But you might have to actually implement some policies where you put people away for a while if they shoot somebody that they shouldn't. That's not going to happen in Portland. That is certainly not going to happen in Seattle. Oh, you shot somebody? Oh, is that one of our 100 misdemeanors that's going to go? You get a get out of free jail card? Uh, I don't know. Let me check the matrix here for all the criming that we're doing and we're not doing. I feel like that's kind of where we're at. And in the meantime, just let the criming continue. Portland has seen more homicides this year than it has in almost three decades and more than 850 shootings as of December, which is more than double the number reported in 2019. So you're not imagining things. If you follow some of these news stories, you're not imagining what's going on in Portland. A lot of shootings, a lot of bullets flying around, right? I mean, and that's not a good thing. Portland police says it will take community action to reduce the gun violence the city is seeing. Same thing happened in Chicago. I mean, they had a free-for-all of gun violence there for a while. Do you remember that? I mean, every weekend you'd have just dozens and dozens of people just shooting each other. Crazy. But nobody really wants to talk about that. Let's not talk about that. That's an uncomfortable thing to talk about. We know we've got some gun violence. We're working on it. Not really. It's just, it's just raging, but we're going to ignore it and we're going to pretend it goes away. And in the meantime, how about the Chicago Bulls? I mean, that, that's literally kind of what we're doing, right? The number of bullets that must have been flying around our neighborhoods, city streets and sidewalks, it's awful, said Port, uh, Portland Police Bureau Lieutenant Greg Pashley. According to Pashley, at least 225 people were shot in 2020, some of which contributed to more than 50 homicides. Crazy amount of stuff going on, right? Portland Police Bureau's gun violence reduction team was disbanded in the summer following the criticism of advocates who said that the gun violence reduction team was stopping people of color disproportionately to others. What? Let me read that again. The gun violence reduction team was disbanded in the summer following the criticism of advocates 
who said that the gun violence reduction team was stopping people of color disproportionately to others. Why would that be? I'm unclear. If you got a gun and you shouldn't have a gun and you're going to look to shoot somebody else and the uh, gun violence reduction team says, hey, you need to do something else, doesn't that seem reasonable? doesn't matter what color your skin is. If they're out to basically try and stop the gun violence, do you stop them? In Portland, do you do? And then um, imagine what happens. Yep, your shootings just skyrocket, right? I mean, am I, am I just out of my mind here? It's like, oh, yeah, they're stopping people. Of, well, they're stopping people probably not just color. They're probably stopping anybody with a gun who's trying to shoot somebody that they shouldn't. Is that discrimination? I don't know. Am I, am I wildly out to lunch here? Some of the stuff I just read and I think, I am just getting too damn old. Because when I was growing up, this kind of nonsense wouldn't happen. You'd, it just wouldn't be a thing. The cops would just come in and take care of it. I mean, and now we're supposed to be so compassionate to our fellow human being that they're being shot and killed in record numbers. How passionate is that? That's pretty passionate. I really love you. Sorry you got shot. That sucks. Sorry you're no longer there for your family. But passionately, I really care about you as a human being. It's what we're doing. Chief Chuck Lavelle said of the controversy, we cannot lose sight of the fact that these are human beings who have died. That's my thing. That is somebody's kid. I don't care if the kid was wildly out of control, just a, a, just a jerk of a kid, and gets shot. Maybe he's a gang member. Maybe he's going down a road that, that is, he shouldn't be. Maybe, maybe he grew up without a dad. I don't know. There could be all these kind of things. Maybe he grew up homeless. I don't know. But the bottom line is, is it's somebody's kid. And when I see these 16, 17, 18-year-olds just getting just gunning each other down, all I can think of is, man, sorry for the kid, yes, but more sorry for his parents. You get a kid to like age 18, and you're like, phew, they haven't died so far. Wow, I'm, I'm doing, you know, you, you like, you, you pat yourself on the back and you go, okay, I did a pretty good job as a parent. And then they get stuck in some ridiculous firefight with a member of another gang or whatever's going on. They have a beef and a drug deal that goes sideways. They shoot each other. That's, that's a horrible, horrible thing for a parent to have to deal with. Kid probably no longer lives with them. Maybe they do live with them, sort through all their stuff. You know, kid's gone. He's, they're dead buried, whatever it is. That's horrible. That's the kind of stuff I look at it and go, yeah, that's the real side. That's when parents have to bury their kids should never have that happen, especially not from a gunshot. So I don't know the whole getting rid of the gun violence reduction team. Is that really the answer? I don't know. I kind of think not based on these stats, right? Based on the data and the science I am reading here, I would say that Portland needs to do whatever it can to reduce that gun violence. And maybe getting rid of the gun violence reduction team, maybe, maybe, just maybe, we need to reconsider that move. I don't know. But I'm from Seattle, so maybe, maybe things are just, you know, that much different in Portland and P-Town and Portlandia. I don't know. I've got, I mean, 
uh, <laughs> it's just it's mind blowing, right? There is no clear plan from the Portland Police Bureau yet about how it plans to handle the sharp rise in gun violence. Social services, government organizations, non-government organizations, church-based, so that many people feel as if they have support and options other than to act out violently, said Pashley. That's what we're doing. Social services, government organizations, non-government organizations, church-based, so that people feel as if they have support and options other than to act out violently. That's not going to cut it. I'm sorry, that's not going to cut it. You're going to have to put you're going to have to put the fear of God in people. All right, if I take out this gun and whack another human being, I'm going to do some real time. That's the that's the only way I see this going down. I mean, social support, yeah, I'm all for that. Am I all for families being together and parents taking responsibility for their kids' actions up until a certain point? And then you hope that your kid's a good part of society. Yeah, that's the way it should be. But it's not going that way in Portland, is it? So what can we do? I think there needs to be repercussions if you run around and prime somebody. I think there is. But we're going in the wrong direction. Me being here from Seattle, man, I have no place to talk, do I? Sean, what's your city up to? Ah, we're just taking a whole bunch of misdemeanor crimes and because we don't want to have those as stats on our books and we don't want to really house those criminals and in our jails and we don't really want to bog the system down and because we're so compassionate, we're just going to take all those crimes and give people an excuse to get out of prosecution for those crimes. That's what we're doing. I mean, it's happening in Seattle. We're talking about it as if, all right, yeah, this is probably going to go down. And the sad thing is, is that we are already doing that here in Seattle. Prosecutors, yeah, they're not really prosecuting much. Judges, a lot of judges, yeah, yeah. You shot somebody, hall pass, yeah. And, and, and I'm I'm going way over the line there. Shooting typically that falls into a category of ah, you might actually, you might face some repercussions there, but they're not nearly what they need to be because clearly there is no reason for people not to run around and shoot each other because if there was. I think you'd see some of those numbers start to drop a little bit. Sergeant Kenneth Dulio worked on the gun violence reduction team for 19 years before it was disbanded. He said that many shootings are gang-related and sometimes innocent people are caught in the middle. And that really sucks. That's just uh, it's brutal to see. They're all connected, and some of these connections don't just go back for like a few weeks or a few months. They go back years and years, talking about people shooting each other. They've got beefs. Beefing is happening, right? So Portland police is asking for a community effort and action to help end the gun violence that's basically taking over their streets. Now, is this all of Portland? No, absolutely not. It's, it's, it's just like Seattle. It's just like a lot of major towns. It's in concentrated areas. Unfortunately, typically low-end neighborhoods, lower socioeconomic and that's why I think a lot of times you're seeing, all right, you've got the gun, gun violence reduction team. They happen to be in areas where they're trying to head off a lot of the shootings. And guess what? There are people of color involved. So that's kind of the hard reality is that that's where they're focusing, not because they're trying to identify minorities and people of color, but because that is where these efforts are needed. You come out to the suburbs. I live... 
you know, eight miles outside of downtown, probably 10 miles outside of downtown Seattle. It's not a very long drive for me to get into downtown Seattle. Pretty quick trip across the bridge. But there is no reason for police to do an outreach program in the city of Bellevue in my neighborhood because we don't have any shootings. We just don't. And when we do, the police are all over it. I mean, they are Johnny on the spot. Just, all right, what's going on here? We do not want this to take over. That's how politicians handle it in most cities. And that's why I think there's so much interest in a lot of the stuff that I report, because I kind of report on that. Oh, that's a pretty grungy story. That's a that's a pretty controversial topic. Nobody else is talking about it. I'm a real estate guy. I have no affiliation. I'm not even affiliated to a big brokerage. I have my own brokerage. So I just talk about stuff because basically there's no corporate to tell me that I can't. So I find stories that I think you guys will find interesting, that I find interesting, that tell a narrative, that tell a story. And the story right now is that gun violence in Portland is off the hook. And I would say it's off the hook in Seattle, and it is to a certain extent. But what I'm seeing more and more in Seattle is just hand-to-hand combat stabbings. Just seeing that. It's like, what is up with that? You got to get, in order to stab somebody, you got to get up pretty close. (laughs) Way closer than you need to with a gun. And it's kind of shocking that we're talking about crime like this, like, ah, shooting versus stabbing. But that's literally what it's come to. And in downtown Seattle, you know, when I was growing up, and I'm doing my old man thing now, when I was growing up, if you had a stabbing, and it made the news, that was kind of a big deal. Now, so much of the crime was just underreported then. Now we've got crime blotters from the police department. We've got Officer Rick Johnson tweeting out from Seattle Patrol. He's doing that. Washington State Patrol. You got a tweet. You got a Johnny on the spot Twitter guy identifying what's going on, giving people information that's really super helpful. And so we're all aware of these news stories as they go. And so you can't really hide the crime that's happening. You can't hide the shootings. You can't hide the stabbings. You can't hide the robberies. You can't hide the arson. It's all out there and we can all see it. So I am following Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, LA, and I think I got another big city in there. Maybe it's Washington, D.C. I'm following you know storylines from all those cities ah, just to kind of see what's going on. Is, is Seattle this bad? Is Portland this bad? Or all, are all these cities kind of having the same crime wave? And I think Portland right now is just, it's having, it's got some crazy stuff going on. I mean, that whole red house on Mississippi Avenue North, you know, I need to check in on that story. I haven't seen if that's been resolved. I guarantee it hasn't, because if it was, it'd probably be in the uh, in my storyline. I'd see that in Portland, the Portland feeds. But um, just the fact that that happened, you know, and it became a big national news story, just that kind of craziness, because essentially what it was, it was a family that didn't pay their mortgage, got their house, you know, foreclosed on, they lost their home, and then they just stayed there. Then they just hunkered down, and then they became basically just outlaw trespassers with a whole bunch of people supporting them, saying, "Ah, oh, go, you're sovereign entities, and you guys need to keep your house, and 
and the man did you bad and the government's all wrong and this foreclosure was illegal and based on the Moroccan law of 1742, you should have, you should own that property. I mean, just, you know, I'm making up stuff just left and right, kind of like they did trying to keep the red house. That's my point. That's my point, because that, that was just a train wreck. But you see what's going on in Portland with their federal buildings. Do you remember this past summer when, you, when we had the, oh my gosh, there's unmarked cars, federal officers are coming in and they, they're just sweeping people off the streets left and right. They're taking people willy-nilly. They're, they're, just, they're just kidnapping people off the streets of Portland. Do you remember that news story? And I remember looking at that going, well, you've got the protesters, and they are all amped up to hammer on the federal buildings night in and night out. Like 150 straight nights, the protesters in Portland just beat on the federal buildings. So at some point in time, got a few more federal officers sent in. And guess what? They've got cameras. These are big, tall buildings. They're big high rises, probably more like mid rise. I don't know, 25, 30 stories. And they've got cameras up in these windows. And they're pointing down at these jerk offs trying to destroy a concrete building. They've got footage. And so what happens is people come up, do crimes against the federal buildings, The officers are sitting up in their high-rise building looking down. They've got cameras recording it. And every now and then, they'll go down on the street and scoop somebody up. That's what was happening. And how hard was it to figure that out? Well, I drove from Seattle to Portland, about a three-hour trip, with my youngest kid, who people said, wow, you sure have an interesting father-son dynamic time. You go to a protest. Well, that's what we do. So we drove from Seattle to Portland, hung out, checked out the the protests, and talked to one cop right off the bat. I'm like, hey, are there feds in unmarked cars running around scooping people up left and right? He just started laughing. And he said, no. And I'm like, so let me me guess this storyline. You guys kind of know who's doing what to the federal buildings and these people are basically being apprehended, correct? It's like, yeah. Because see, look up there, there's cameras in those buildings. They know who's doing what down here. We're not just, they're not just around. This was a city of Portland police officer. He's talking about the feds. And the, the city, the mayor of Portland is basically like, oh, we don't want our police department involved at all with the federal officers. That's a no-go. I mean, come on. Everybody's on the same page. It's in law enforcement. They're trying to keep these nut jobs from trying to destroy a concrete building, which I never really understood. And then the protester, because it's concrete. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And you're going to try and, I don't know. They even put fire retardant uh, material on the concrete, on the stucco exterior, whatever it is. Because otherwise, these these people, they try and burn a concrete clad building. I mean, it's just uh, whatever the, the siding is. It's not wood. How about that? They don't make wood high rises. They just don't. And so you're, you're watching all this happen and you're going, huh, this is wild. This, somehow this is progress. Somehow this is really making a difference, hammering on a federal building, night in, night out. And even then, this is during the summer, the police department was basically like, yeah, we're doing the best we can to keep everybody else safe. 
But we've got so many officers, and Seattle said the same thing. We've got so many officers handling the protests that guess what? We're kind of at that point where we're like, well, we'll get to you when we can, but we're spread so thin. And guess what? You're defunding us. So best of luck to you all. So I'm actually kind of, uh, it was interesting to see the, the police are basically, they're kind of going, all right, we need some help. We're going to ask the community. They're identifying how bad the problem is. If the community doesn't step up, figure something out, which they won't. This kind of thing, it'll, it'll just keep going. It'll just keep happening. Just like the same nonsense here in Seattle. It'll just keep going. And it'll provide enough of a train wreck where I think we just passed, I think, 38,000 subscribers on YouTube. Thank you for everybody who subscribed. It's been just a wild ride. I never had any subscribers as a real estate guy talking about what I really know, which is real estate. But let's be honest, real estate is boring. I mean, like, put me to sleep boring. I'd like to talk to you today about eminent domain and possibly eviction protocol. I mean, good Lord, that is boring. Instead, we're talking about criming and shooting and protesting and all this good stuff, right? I mean, chop. What's, who doesn't want to hear about CHOP? I mean, one of the live streams I had, and I've talked about it before, I had like 24,000 people on a live stream. And I was like, huh, I'm a real estate guy. I got 24,000 people on a live stream. What does that say about anything? <laughs> it, was, it was just kind of one of those funny moments where you look down and you go, oh, my gosh, that's pretty wild. What, what are we doing here? What, what, am, I, what am I doing? What? What is going on? How did this happen? How did I get here? One of those moments. And, and then I just kind of kept doing it and kept covering job. And now I cover gun violence in Portland. It's just where it's gone. So thanks for subscribing. Thanks for getting us to 38,000. But I think at the rotation we're on right now, um, we'll be at probably 100,000 and not that long. And that will be weird. That'll be weird. It'll be really, really strange to, to see that happen. But that's kind of the trajectory we're on. Maybe it's a couple months from now. Maybe it's six months from now. But in the meantime, what I do is just keep doing my reps. And what do I mean by that? I keep putting the time in and putting the podcast out. That's what we're doing. So that's part of what success is that a lot of people don't understand. I've been doing this a long time and haven't had you know, success that I thought I would, but I just kind of hung in there and kept going and kept going. Ah, that podcast got no views. That was a really crappy one. Wow, that was bad. Sean, that was that was borderline terrible. Ah, okay, won't cover that topic again. And you just keep doing it until you figure something out that works. And apparently, a real estate guy covering crime and protesting and whatnot, that's what you guys want to see. So I'm going to keep doing it. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being part of this program. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go do another one. I've got another hot topic coming up. It's a pretty good one. I think you'll like it. All right. I'm not gonna spoil it, but I'll see you guys in the next one. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.